All right. Episode 33, Skylar Liesecker with Greens. Sean Stalnicker, Foundry. Welcome to the show. We're doing something a little new here today. We're usually focused on food and beverage. That's the niche. Uh, Skylar's going to give us a little take on the apparel business. This shirt, I don't know, dude, is a little too tight. I, I play around with this whole schmedium thing sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes it's pretty serious. Uh, I need, you know, this is getting out of hand. Uh, Skylar, we're talking greens. We're talking hemp, hemp I think. Yes, sir. You know, so we're going to get into some fun stuff. Give, it, give us a take. How did that start? Uh, what's it all about? Give us a little bit of a, a framework for the story there. Sure thing. Basic framework I tell everybody. We make hemp apparel that benefits our customers and the planet. Essentially, uh, we have a giant problem going on in the fashion industry. Lots of pollution. Number two behind oil. We're using hemp to clean up the process and create biodegradable products that treat people and the planet better. That's pretty cool. Okay. Let's talk about hemp for a second, right? When I think of hemp, I, I think most people do, right? I'm thinking... You know, I, I don't know what the, where the relation is. You know, I'm thinking me, high school, you know, behind the thing. That's a whole separate t topic, right? What is hemp? Where, what is, what is the plant and how is it related in some way to uh, cannabis if there is a relation? Great question. One that I love answering. So, you know, hemp is a form of cannabis, but hemp is the form that doesn't have THC, so you're not getting stony baloney from hemp. Uh, the other main difference you need to understand for our use case is that we're not growing hemp or using hemp for the flower, we're using it for the stock of the plant. So we want big, earthy, beefy stocks that we can break down and make into a textile form to knit or sew into clothing. That's the, that's the main difference there. He said stony baloney, which was just amazing. And I just loved that. Um, that, is, that, is, that is a great description because we, we need that. So it's the stock of the plant. Now let's talk about integration into apparel. Is there a feel? Is, there, is it soft? Is it a cotton feel? Is it, is it similar? Give us a description there. Sure thing. Uh, to preface, a lot of the products we're working with at this moment in time, they are hybrid blends of hemp, organically grown cotton uh, due to the fact that hemp needs a lot more innovation and iteration in textiles to make really nice like t-shirt uh, cuts. So <clears throat> the benefits of wearing hemp compared to cotton uh, on the consumer side are pretty cool. Hemp actually wears in with time. Uh, it's got a deeper tensile strength. So unlike your typical cotton shirt, you buy it, you expect that to shrink. Not the same here. It actually will wear in with time and get a little bit bigger, so you don't have that uh, same scenario happening. Uh, beyond that, it's also antimicrobial, keeping you protected from germs and fungals, uh, moisture wicking, UV resistant, uh, and things like that. So it's got a couple of other unique uh, benefits that cotton really doesn't get to carry, and when you blend those two together, you get the best of both worlds. Now, I'm figuring this is a lifestyle brand, right? Greens, I mean, I see the logo. Um, I seen, I took a peek at the website. You got some good looking folks on there, much better looking than I am. Um, 
can this be crossed over when the minute I hear antimicrobial, which to me relates to fitness actually, um, and the gym, um, can you see, is there an emergence there? Can you focus on that type of group health and wellness? Definitely. Um, it's very interesting, man. We've, we've explored all sorts of target demographics. Um, I'd like to share a story, you know, when we first came out, we were really heavy on being that edgy type of cannabis lifestyle brand, and we got slaughtered in the bad way, meaning that that was not the type of people that were purchasing our products. Uh, it was actually uh, folks that happened to be a bit older, happened to have a bit more cash flow on hands, and tended to be more in the health and wellness industry. So that's typically where people have been purchasing. People really love it for that outdoor, active, fit lifestyle use case. You know what? I, I like uh, your answer there. If you're watching, this relates to anything that you're selling, specifically a CPG. You may start your company, your brand, and your focus thinking one thing, but then you have to put it into market and get data. Um, and Foundry will recognize this too. You know, you're, you're trying to receive data and you need to accept the information. You can't push back. Uh, you know, all of a sudden it's moms. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder why. Well, you dig a little deeper. And in your scenario, um, I can see that. Um, I can see how it could start in one channel or your thought was in one channel and then you're recognizing that you're getting a pull from somewhere else and then that's where you need to stay laser focused on. When you started to sell, was this a direct to consumer business? Is it all online? Uh, was it online at the beginning and is it online today solely? Great question. So yeah, I mean, B2C was really, uh, was really the initial thing, like right to consumer e-com through a website using Shopify. Uh, the casual jam. And that was just, uh, you know, kind of an emergence due to our marketing and advertising background. We, you know, had a lot of experience and uh, good luck running our agency in the past with B2C products, uh, working in the health industry for health restaurants, for supplements and stuff like that. So like, this is our game. Um, it really took a lot of time to evolve to really understand how to get B2C, but it's been very successful even organically as we're not running any paid ads right now really just getting that foundation set and solid. Uh, the next thing was that we were really starting to target getting into um, markets and such, you know, the Whole Foods, the Target, starting to plot out where to go. Then COVID came in, so we continually, you know, have been just iterating and laying the foundation for the B2C network. You know, I've done some small wholesale deals to some mom and pop shops, got some product in Europe, got some on the East Coast, you know, Every once in a while, we'll throw some shirts out and do some wholesale deals. But with where everything's going now and with B2C being so good, we've continued to do that uh, specifically for us right now. I think that's a great strategy. Um, it, it, you know, sometimes we're put in a position that will benefit us so long that we can accept, accept it. Um, yeah. in, in your case, um, the retail side is just so difficult. Even if I'm removing you're, you're, you're lucky to be able to even talk about something like Whole Foods where they have that little set spe specific to sustainability, uh, which intersects into like in, in your case in apparel. Um, but if we were, and I won't name, you know, let's say uh, uh, clothing retailers, but it's a very difficult business. It's the last, it's the last thing you'd want to be focused on right now. Yep. So you have the opportunity to continue to build the brand 
through online, uh, get you know real consumers to talk about the product, um, and continue to to move the the units that way. And then as we sort of get into this new normal, which is going to take some time, you can then be better better positioned to go into retail. What does uh, your makeup look like right now? Where do you manufacture this? Uh, is there specific farmers that you deal with? You don't have to talk specifics, but just give us the lay of the land for that. Sure thing. Uh, I'll iterate this to make this as simple as possible for people to understand. Uh, so obviously hemp and cannabis have been illegally grown in the United States for a very long time. Not until 2018 was the hemp bill passed, which made, uh, gave people the opportunity to start growing. Unfortunately, while America was not growing hemp, that meant we're not processing hemp, which means that we're not getting hemp textiles into the United States, which means other countries were kicking ass the whole time. So, you know, the, the top countries that were producing it, meaning growing it and turning it into usable textiles, have been Romania, China, and India. So I've worked with manufacturers out of all of those countries. They all make great products. Uh, and the goal for us long term is to really continue to grow the brand, stabilize ourselves, place our roots here, and help nourish uh, the market of domesticated, uh, vertical, in, vertically integrated processing facilities for hemp. It's not because we don't have enough hemp. I've been given hundreds of thousands of pounds of hemp that I just take it away. I can't do anything with it. Well, I can't do anything either, dude. I mean, I don't have the processing equipment. So there's some people that are starting to get it going here in the States, but I still see it being two to three years out. So we're really producing it here. So we can do cut and sew here. We can get the fabric, which is our next step for us and our agenda. Uh, but it's going to be a bit until we have that domesticated processing still. That's, that's a great answer. So, so the difference is you can, in this case, you're, you're manufacturing it overseas, which is fine. That's just what, that's, that's the opportunity that was handed to you. And that's what you got to do here. Domestically though, there's a separation. You could bring in the product and you could cut and sew and have a final product made here. Um, separate that now and pushing it to the side, but you cannot grow it. Is that correct? You could not physically grow it to do the same. So you can grow the hemp to do the same. There's not a lack of hemp. It's the lack of education of the processing equipment and the actually milling of the textiles. While these other countries never stop doing it and they continue to iterate their technology, we are doing other stuff. We just like, oh, hey, you know, China, all these countries, they're making cool stuff. We'll just pay them to do these things. Sure. So we never got that experience that other countries did. Got so, it. so we're playing catch up when it comes to to hemp and, and the materials and how to how to manufacture. Yes. Um, what does the next uh, twelve months look like? What does what does a company like yours, a brand like yours, look like? I often talk about twelve months, but I actually do. You guys have a plan? Let's say that for the next sixty months, do you want to be uh, you know outside of let's say shirts? Do you go into other? Uh, you know, sort of other garments and, you know, hats and, and some shorts and, and, and be, be the be all uh, for hemp apparel? Yeah, so we're definitely aiming to be the be all. One useful asset that we have in our team for that is Alana Peterson. She's our chief of creative design and COO. She spent 22 years in the fashion industry working with Levi Strauss, Ralph Lauren, Urban Outfitters. She's made stuff that we've probably all worn at one point in our life. So at this point, I have the textile supply chain to have textiles of all types of different knits, weaves, and sews and cuts. Uh, I can take it here and we can pretty much make anything in hemp. 
So for us right now, it's just continuing to lay the foundation, uh, iterating new products. You know, we're dropping some face masks this coming week. We're dropping some new colored t-shirts. Uh, we're going to be working on samples and pre-orders of long sleeves and sweatshirts and stuff here again soon. Um, and getting those locked in and then eventually continuing to just either self-fund it or maybe lock in some partnerships to go bigger uh, with the product. You know what, man? I, when, I was, when I saw who's coming up on today, I was like, you know, this is going to be pretty interesting. And I like this. I think you got something really cool. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go cop one of those shirts too. I'm gonna go do, do a bunch of bench pressing in it and just get <laughs> just get you know see what happens. Um, Skylar, I like it. Uh, I, I think it's unique. I think it's a unique um, uh, offering and and a topic here for for what we've been doing here. This is episode 33. This is the first you know apparel item which is cool i mean i'm all for it i'm uh, you know this is just a, a, a platform for for everybody right uh educate and hopefully offer some sort of value add to, to somebody who's watching um cool stuff man i i really wish you nothing but the best um i'll throw your info up and you know hopefully people can check that out we're going to be moving on to sean with foundry seen him on linkedin See, he's got a good profile picture need to really do something with mine my, it's, I, it's just who is this guy um he's got a cool little background he tried to one-up everybody over here with all that too i mean it's just getting out of hand right now um sean tell Thanks us about me. foundry i know i know it's retail stuff but i think you do a, some uh, some other items with regards to food totally. and beverage uh give it to us totally all right so yeah we're pretty much a procurement and fulfillment company um we produce pretty much anything from point of sale you know, apparel, uh, obviously what Skylar was talking about, uh, displays, coolers, dealer loaders, field equipment, um, pretty much anything a brand would need, obviously to be successful in the field. Um, we kind of like to think of ourselves as like, um, kind of like a brand accelerator for small to medium sized companies because I come from Body Armor, six years there building that company and then area sales manager with Brew Doctor and, you know, thrown the cases, um, placed a slack point of sale, installed the coolers, built displays. Um, you know, we've done it. So we kind of want to be the guys that um, save time and money for brands. And then on the under, other end of that, we are kind of an extension of the bigger brands. So, you know, we make this stuff and then we, you know, build a team store for your employees, kind of allocate a budget for them, um, depending on what their regional or director um, feels appropriate. And then we arm them with the things they need. So... So you're doing all things marketing, physical marketing pieces for CPG focus, right? And, yep, and sales tools. Yeah, and pretty much any company, but we like to uh, be the experts in CPG. I, I makes sense. Um, and you mentioned you were at Body Armor. If you don't know who they are, then that would be odd. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, cool. So, uh, so if you walked into a store, uh, let's pick one, right? If you walked into a, a Whole Foods, um, give us an idea of what a brand could be doing there through a foundry. Totally. Yeah. So, I mean, optimizing, obviously, your, your uh, home shelf, making sure that you're catching the consumer's attention, um, utilizing secondary placements, obviously, with the display, cooler, um, anything that's okayed by, obviously, the store manager or DM. It's, you know, best case scenario, obviously. Um, just utilizing the tools that um, the brands will give you. Um, we're here to you know, kind of fulfill that and make that happen. So, and I like it. Cool. It. Cool. Yeah. Sean with Foundry. 
Skyler with Greens, the info's there. Somewhere it's gonna be there on the screen. Uh, appreciate having both of you on. Be healthy, be happy, be successful. Thank you. Peace. See you guys.